640 Toronto presents Think Tank. Two guests, Toronto's top stories. Now, let's meet the guests. Let's do that on this U.S. Thanksgiving morning. Four degrees currently in Toronto, up to a high of eight later on. A dry day ahead, and I'm excited to have our next two in. We've got Anna Bailao joining us on Think Tank this morning. Thanks for getting up early, making the time. I always appreciate it. Good morning. What do you mean, get up early? It's a, I, I, I've had a couple of cups of coffee already. <laughs> oh, come on. The first three days after after the mayoral campaign ended, didn't you not sleep in until 11? You deserved it by that point in time. Both of you did. Come on. 11 a.m. 11 a.m. alarm clock, Anna. Try it once in a while. I'll, I'll give it a try. I promise. Oh, I don't know. Okay. There's a there's a political promise that I'm hoping somebody will keep. Uh, Selena Cesar Chavan joining us as well. Do you, do you like a good sleep in from time to time? Sure you do. I, I do. But first, before I go say anything further, I want to congratulate. I think this is the first time I'm talking to Anna. So congratulations on a well-run campaign, Anna. Really well done. Thank you, Selena. And congratulations to you, too. It's never never easy to put your name forward. So uh, congratulations to everybody, including you, that put their name forward in the last election and, and do it in every election. Even the guy with the dog still at this point. Can't we say five months later we were worried about him taking real right. votes away? you to say something ridiculous let's go okay okay yeah 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 i may run my cat next time around in uh in in uh in for uh, municipal council in ajax we'll see how he does he's 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 very civic minded um let's start here because i i honestly think we got a hot topic today and i'm not sure this is a great look for the city so i want to set up the story play some audio let you guys hear it in case you haven't but let you react to uh this story that uh, matthew bingley put forth yesterday for global news that suggests uh, that the city turned down an offer from the federal government, which would have opened the city armories. Two councillors currently um, sitting in City Hall told me this this would have gotten done Saturday. So we would have been able to put about 120 beds in the Fort York armories um, until a better spot was more uh, was more ready. Here's uh, City Councilor Brad Bradford talking about his regret that the city turned down this offer from the federal government. If there is an opportunity to open a shelter, to open the armories as city has requested of the federal government if that was on the table even a day ago that is too long kathy crow is a well-known advocate uh for the homeless and she was spitting mad talking about this yesterday to matthew bingley as well that is a scandal i'm pretty much speechless and to me it just suggests there's a lot of politicking going on behind closed doors and the, the the basic humanity of providing shelter is not front and center Anna, let's start with you. There's a little bit of back and forth between Mark Miller, uh, who uh, who handles obviously immigration um, for the uh, federal government that we haven't heard yet from Mayor Chow. Um, but I want I, I want to get a feel for this. The mayor said no. Advocates are steamed. What do you think of the story? I think Kathy's right on this one and saying that uh, you know the basic humanity is not back is not at the forefront of uh, the conversation. Uh, you know. Is it the solution, uh, the long-term solution that we need on this issue of the, to have more shelters in the armories? Everybody knows that it's not, right? We know that the long-term solution is, is the housing. We know that the long-term solution is, you know, to have the federal government taking over this issue. But we have sleeping people, hundreds, mm-hmm. hundreds of people sleeping on the street right now. And here you have the government coming to the table with a solution that would bring these people inside as of a few days ago. And for the city to walk away from that solution instead of saying, "Okay, let's take that on and continue the conversations, 
it's mind boggling. I, I, I can't understand. And especially uh, not having that come through and continue to say that there's no indication, no conversations happening on refugees. Selena, what do you think? So I'm I'm of a different mind here uh, because I know Mark Miller and I know that he could do better than armories, which do not have appropriate facilities and five million dollars. Look, Mark knew winter is coming. The feds know winter is coming. A few months ago, we had African immigrants sleeping on the streets of Toronto. Uh, Revival Time Tabernacle had a church in Toronto, and black communities had to rally around, uh, get these people housed, get these people fed, and have not received a dime. The immigration policy of this federal government is going to double the population of this country over the next few decades. If, if Olivia Chow is digging her heels in and saying, look, Mark, you can do better. Don't come to me with armories, which you know are not appropriate facilities and $5 million and expect me to say that that's okay. And I understand that it could have housed people a couple of days ago, but where were the feds all, all summer? Where were the feds all fall? Don't come with $5 million in armories and expect that to be okay. I have, if, if this is the strategy that Chow is using and saying, no, you could do better. Come to me when you have a decisive plan to house the, the people that need housing, to have proper support for social care. Then we'll have a discussion. I'm on board. I say backer. Selena, you're right. This has been a long-term uh, issue. Every year, the city has been putting up the money for a responsibility that is ultimately a federal responsibility. Every Absolutely. year, at the end of the year, the city has been going and asking for the money for, for, for the shelters. There's a long-term solution that needs to happen. No question about it. But the city, the city asked for the armories. It was the city that put this on the table. And the federal government has very many times repeatedly said, we don't believe this is the, the solution. But to, now they said, okay, you've asked once again to have the armories open. We don't think this is a solution, but until mid-December, go right ahead, use the space, bring people inside. And I believe that instead of saying totally no, let's just bring people inside and continue putting the pressure, continue the, uh, uh, rallying the communities, continue uh, having the conversations, but at least have people inside. You know, I, I agree with that. There is the humanitarian, the humanity has been lost in this conversation. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we, like, we, we can't just keep nickel and diming and fiddling around the edges of these important social issues and hoping that Band-Aids are going to cover big surgery items. Yeah, Selena and Anna, I think we're both we're, we're you're both working at the same table here. I think what I'd love to see is the concept of I think I think some of the problem and I duplicitous might be too strong a word, Selena, but I, but mm -hmm. I think we look Tuesday night. The mayor was at a, a a budgetary consultation with the public, and she almost implied, oh, we haven't heard from them. We'd like to hear from them. They're not offering us anything. I'd rather she stepped up and said exactly what you both just said. We have yeah. an offer. It's not good enough. And I want to push it back to them. But I think the federal government must have got annoyed. Again, we know how stuff can leak out in politics. Something must have come out from the federal government saying, I'm sorry, she's making us look like a fool and look like we're ignoring her calls when we did make them an offer. So I understand the federal government getting frustrated to your point. You nailed it. Mark Miller should have been on this in August, not November. Yeah. And you know what? I, I could see Mark Miller. Uh sort of slipping on this, not slipping, slipping to say something about this, because I mean, I, of, of the many people that are in there right now, I really trust and like Mark. And I really mm. think that he would put his best foot forward. So what happened, the he said, she said that happened behind closed doors. 
again, the the humanitarian aspect of this needs to be front and center on both sides. But but Mark needs to come with a much, much stronger, better offer. There was plenty of time. Winter didn't just come today. It has been coming every year, same time. Uh, We know it's coming. Make sure that we have a plan in place and we know the fiscal constraints that the city has, the fiscal constraints that people are having. Let's just get this done properly. Hey, Anna, are there immigration uh, questions that the city could ask the federal government as well? Like, I, I think most people in Toronto and I know councillors are just confused about the policy. I'm told we've gone from about a 50 50 split for um, how would I put it? homegrown people experiencing homelessness, Canadian citizens, to people coming here seeking asylum from other countries. But I'm told that split now to the asylum seekers being about 70% of the population in Toronto looking for these type of beds. So it, it seems to be only going in one direction. And the federal government, I think, would be well served to, to help help us understand what the policy is. Who stays, who's coming in, who, can't, who can stay and who can't? I, I, you know what, right now, the, the, the latest numbers I heard was that 40% of the people staying in our shelters are uh, refugees. Mm-hmm. So it, it's been growing and growing over the years. Every time I hear a new number, it's, it's a bigger number. There's no question that there needs to be a long-term conversation here. But we can't lose sight of the fact that right now we have hundreds of people sleeping on the street as well. So how do we make sure that there's trust between the two governments and we tackle the situation right away? There's a table going on. There's a working group going on with the province and the feds to talk about this new deal. This is all things that need to be at that table. There's a billion dollars inside the city budget of services that should be paid by other orders of government. This is one of those services. It should not be on the backs of the property tax uh, to Absolutely. pay for services like 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 we're we're doing with the with the refugees. This needs to be a, a long term mm. sustainable solution that needs to happen to deal with uh, with the city. Absolutely. Um, Sounds like my campaign. Uh, what's that? <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds like my campaign. The one item I had on my campaign. This was it. She just articulated it. Thank you, Anna. Okay, for for twenty twenty six and beyond, uh, Selena. I'm not giving up hope. I'm not giving up. Um, quite a day. Report of the car crash at the Rainbow Bridge in Niagara Falls. I think two things happened here. Um, media mostly in the states. Too quick to assume terrorism, but I think I'd forgive people if it was your first thought. All of a sudden, bridges are closed, borders are closed. Selena, Prime Minister Trudeau's rushing out of the House of Commons to get CSIS and FBI briefing. So it's understandable that we might have thought this was headed in one direction. Selena, I'll start with you. How did you see yesterday's events unfold? Oh, yeah. You know, our house was like the first thing we were thinking of. Is it terrorism? Is it terror? You, You have to understand, like, I think everybody understands that is the the incident at the Rainbow Bridge was undoubtedly alarming, especially given the initial uncertainty. The rush to terrorism really highlights the tense climate that we're in. Um, But like with a a number of other issues, it's, Mm. it's critical to confirm those details. And, you know, we are living in ongoing real geopolitical tensions that exist within and outside of our borders, our shared borders. So every incident will trigger a heightened sense of concern and immediate assumption to terrorism really showcases um, the delicate state of global affairs. And I think we, we really need to, to take a pause 
know that count to 10 before you respond, uh, response and, and make sure that we have all the, the details, especially before our political leaders sort of create more frenzy than is necessary. Yeah. And people always put that sort of timing in, um, you know, you should wait 10 minutes before you tweet something out. It's almost 24 hours now. It really is because things move so fast and there's this source and that source. How did you view yesterday, uh, yesterday's events unfolding and even some of the media coverage of it? Uh, you know what? To me, it, it, it gives me some comfort to see governments acting very swiftly on these on these situations. There is a lot of tension out there, but to 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 you know be uh, proactive in closing the other bridges and making sure that they get to the bottom of this. And if it is a terrorist attack, that you prevent it from going any further. Um, I do, however, have some concerns with some of the media coverage that we saw yesterday, mm-hmm. especially coming from the States, I have to say, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, jumping to conclusions very, very quickly, even when our politicians were, were clearly saying we're looking into it, we're taking it very seriously, but there's no indication mm-hmm. whatsoever that we can call it a terrorist attack. And I think the media was jumping way too fast into into calling it a terrorist attack. And given the tension that we're all living mm-hmm. uh, and the times that we're going through, I, I think uh, we need to be um, more cautious uh, jumping into those conclusions. Yeah, and the nerves are uh, the nerves are uh, rankled enough a, right. a, as it is. Let me come to property tax because both of you would have been asked these questions on the campaign trail, talked about it in the spring. We see Vancouver yesterday announced that the plan for their mayor is to push a proposed tax hike that's over seven percent. Uh, the prior mayor, John Tory, had a tax hike of five point five percent as part of the twenty twenty three budget. Uh, everything's been sent to municipalities. Anna, the good news, and again, you were at the forefront of this on your campaign, is it looks like the province is amenable to a new deal. That may involve some uploading. We talked about the DVP and Gardner before. But Anna, let's start with you. Do you see any way Toronto comes in at a at a lower property tax than 7% as an increase? Um, we're going through the budget process right now. I, I am certainly hoping that the mayor and council keep in mind the affordability issues that every Torontonian mm-hmm. is living through uh, and keeps that uh, at the center of their deliberations. I know that they're going out and asking people what they would like to see in the budget. Um, I'm a, a bit concerned that there's that the conversation doesn't uh, talk about uh, also, you know, some savings, some uh, different ways of doing services as well. I think that is that should be important because the, the budget is under a lot of pressure. You know, you have inflation at still 3.1%. You have interest rates that went up. Well, it's it, it, it costs more for the city to service his debt. We have uh, the land transfer tax is probably lower than expected because the homes are not selling uh, uh, as much as, as they were before. You still have a $1.5 billion uh, mm-hmm. a hole in the budget. And yes, conversations are happening and everybody's really hopeful. Uh, but is it going to fill the $1.5 billion? Uh, there's a big question mark there. So th- there's a lot of pressure uh, and, uh, and uh, you know, getting it to uh, 7%, uh, t- less than 7%, it'll be, uh, it'll be a, a, a real task. And uh, we'll see how the mm. deliberations uh, go and what this council decides. But it's, they, they have their, their work cut out for them, for sure. Selena, you were out on the campaign trail. <laughs> People like you, Anna, uh, Brad, Brad for Josh Madlow, you're all asking Olivia about economic details, and we still don't know a, a <laughs> lot of them. Um, she was not very forthcoming with how much tax there was going to be. She has the famous quote, I'm ready to tax. Um, yep. But how hard do you think Torontonians are going to get hit with a property tax? 
So, so that I don't know. And again, that's because it wasn't disclosed, but I think it's very challenging and if not irresponsible to talk about increasing property taxes without exploring other revenue sources. I said this throughout the entire mm-hmm. campaign, the impact on poverty and homelessness is profound. We talked about this right at the top of our conversation. Higher property taxes can strain vulnerable communities, exacerbating already an already growing crisis. And if we are not looking at other revenue sources for social assistance and for housing, from the federal government and the provincial government. It is a moot conversation. A city like Toronto cannot run where the majority of the revenues that are generated from property taxes pay for everything. If we look at the research, and I feel like I'm a stuck record on this, Mm -hmm. look at the research on how big cities are run. Uh, Property taxes pay for public services. Uh, Private uh, services are paid for user fees. Social assistance and housing are paid from different revenue streams. Those conversations need to be had in tandem with conversations around property taxes. Otherwise, we're we're just stuck in the same mess and we're going to have to keep going cup in hand to the feds for the first topic of our conversation around Mm -hmm. homelessness uh, again and again without an appropriate funding formula for social assistance and social housing. And I I don't know how much it's going to increase by, but it will not be enough Mm -hmm. to cover these services. And I think Selena nails it. And, and, and yeah, I, yeah. yeah go, but I, I, I've said for ages, you look at New York, Chicago, American cities, European cities, they can generate their own revenue even via a, a little bit of sales tax. And somehow, some way, decades ago, someone in Canada just decided we're not going to allow Canadian cities to do that. And it devastates us. Absolutely. We're the fourth largest city in North America. And, and the revenue tools are uh, very uh, reduced compared to other major cities. Uh, when we, when I was a counselor and we did budget consultations, uh, there was a slide that we used in every, uh, every year we had that slide. It was actually comparing the revenue tools that our city had compared to other major cities that we compete with to attract jobs, yeah. to attract investment, to, you know, uh, and, and it, it's my, it was, it was so evident that we didn't have the tools to, to do that. And that's why it is so important that the work that is getting done at that, that table to talk about how to get this billion dollars out of the city budget that is respond that are responsibilities of the federal and provincial government to actually get systemic changes happening so it can it can uh, help uh, our city, but also talk about uh, uh, the revenue tools. But I also believe it is important for the city to look inside itself. The city is a huge corporation. It's a sixteen billion dollar budget. There, there are ways to do things more efficient. There's always new technology coming 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 uh, mm-hmm. forward. There's always ways to, to do things better. We should be constantly evaluating what we're doing, how we're doing it, especially when people are having such a hard time affording their, their yep. day-to-day, affording their way of living. So I think it would be imperative that not only are we asking people you know, what we're doing, but how we are doing it to make sure that we can always improve on the services. Because people right now, what I heard when I was in the campaign is that people Mm -hmm. were paying more and feeling that they were getting less. So we need to ask, yes, what do you want, but how do you want it? Well, that's amazing. I got to leave it there. Thank you so much. We got three great topics and and, uh, and a lot of passion and a lot of information for our audience. Thank you so much both for the time this morning. Thank you so much. Have a good day. That was Anna Bailao, Selena Cesar Chavez.